Episode 38. This week, I speak with Sarah Welch from Noom about engaging the prediabetic patient. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know. Talking. Relentlessly seeking value. It was great to speak with Sarah Welch from Noom this week, and not only because she's as much of a super fan for Peter Thiel as I am. Sarah talks about the Noom platform, which combines a coaching app to help pre-diabetic patients eat better and lose weight. And there is also a provider dashboard. The idea behind Noom is to work with higher risk patients to help prevent the onset of chronic conditions like diabetes. I find the platform interesting on a number of levels. First of all, it gets a behavior change app into the hands of folks who are probably less likely to download and use a behavior change app. It's been fairly well documented that the biggest users of behavior change apps are people who are already engaged in their health. And generally, people who are already engaged in their health are pretty healthy. But this app is also kind of nifty because it enables a provider organization to use the tool as a treatment, just as bona fide as handing out a pill with the instructions to come back in six months. But it's a treatment focused on wellness rather than attenuating sickness, which, in my opinion, is the only really sustainable way to conquer the epidemic of health issues challenging our entire country today. This podcast is sponsored by Franklin HealthCom, and my name is Stacey Richter. Hey, I did want to ask you something, though. If there is a guest who you would particularly like to hear on the program, please send us a tweet. Welcome to Relentless Health Value, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Why don't you talk a little bit about Noom? What is this? Do you call it an app or a platform? It's a platform. It's actually a really powerful digital coaching platform and really is focused on helping people make behavior change. Right now, it's about weight and weight management and sticking with changes and small daily actions that you need to make in order to achieve weight loss, in order to achieve sort of a healthy new lifestyle. From a patient perspective, I would see it would look like an app on my phone, despite the fact there's a big back end. That is correct. So what an actual user engages with is a very intuitive, easy to use app that guides them through, sort of focuses them on a very small handful of things that they can do today, right now to keep themselves on track and gives them an easy, efficient way to log what they're eating um, so that they know whether they're on track or not. So would it be similar to, I know there's a bunch of different things that are out there in the marketplace, like um, what's that one, MyFitnessPal? Would it be along these lines? So it's similar in the core functionality of food logging. So what MyFitnessPal is essentially is a 
data-based food log, and Noom at its core has a data-based food logging functionality. So it's similar in that respect. Where Noom departs is that Noom adds on top of that core food logging functionality, a layer of intelligent guidance and motivation to keep people going through the behavior change process and stick with it over the long term. And I would assume that another big difference is that Noom is connected to a clinician dashboard. Is that correct? Absolutely. The clinical facing part of it is a robust dashboard. So it is connected to all of this food logging and content delivery platforms are connected to a dashboard that enables a a licensed coach to actually look at what a variety of users are doing and identify quickly who needs positive reinforcement, who needs potentially an intervention to keep them on track. It's sort of getting ahead of trends in both the good and and the bad direction. Is the app designed for at-risk patients? Noom started as a consumer app, and that consumer app has applications in the in the world of healthcare. So we are starting from really the point of view of weight and weight loss and how improving your diet and a basic level of fitness improves various conditions. So that's how we currently interact with various healthcare uh, providers and systems. I've been reading this book by Dr. Jeff Kahn, which is called going to butcher the name. It's it's something like the whole healthy heart or something Mm -hmm. in which he states repeatedly that food is medicine and that one of the best ways to improve your cardiovascular health is to manage your food intake. And that applies to diabetes as well. I mean, there's a horrifying statistic. Uh, I think it's 82 million Americans currently are pre-diabetic. And obviously, it is in all of our best interests to keep that population from tipping over into full-blown diabetes, which is a very complicated and expensive disease to treat and sort of awful disease to have. And it is entirely preventable by changing what you eat. As you just stated, you, you started out as a consumer app. How did that transfer? Like when, when did Noom realize and kind of pivot or, and realize that there was a larger healthcare perhaps implication of what you were doing? The founders, I think, from the get-go really had a bigger vision than just sort of a, a weight a weight loss app for consumers. I think it's hard not to see the trends that are all going in the wrong direction, no matter what country you live in, specifically related to diabetes and cardiovascular health. So I think they built it from the outset to ultimately be applicable within the world of healthcare, but really wanted to get make sure they built something that end users would actually want to engage with and stick with over the long haul, uh, which is why they they really started in the in the world of the consumer. Let me ask you this, because here's a question that has plagued me. Are we replacing the need to be compliant and adherent to drugs with the need to be compliant and adherent to apps? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> and uh A very interesting one. I would say technology does have a lot of potential where this concept of adherence is concerned, that what machines 
and data are able to do is identify patterns of behavior probably much better than an individual person and sort of keep track of them in an orderly fashion over time, which makes stepping in with appropriate feedback, information, guidance, motivation, interventions in real time, it makes it possible. So I do think that they, that technology can bring really powerful program adherence on a level that maybe a pill cannot. Yeah, understood. And I am a big fan of this this guy named Peter Thiel, who founded PayPal. He recently wrote a book. And one of the things that he said in the book that the most powerful innovations moving forward will be hybrids of computing power and humans, because both are very, very good at very different things. Yes. And I love that you referenced that book. And that is one of my favorite books at the moment. And I almost leapt out of my seat when I was reading his description of what they found at PayPal when, you know, in their early days, there were dark forces on the internet that were taking huge chunks of money out of the PayPal system illegally. And so they built algorithms to try and find these bad guys. As it turned out, the algorithms that they built were really good at identifying patterns and terrible at knowing what to do about those patterns. And so what they did was sort of re reworked the algorithms and presented the patterns in a dashboard that humans could actually look at and interpret and determine what to do. Is this really fraud? Is this not fraud? And humans were really good at that. So this concept of dashboard, of a dashboard that takes, uh, enables technology to do what it does really efficiently and effectively, which is find patterns in huge amounts of data and present it in a way that a human being can guide or act on the basis of it more intelligently is exactly what Noom is doing in the world of changing how you eat, the behavior around food choices that we make day in and day out. Let us discuss. I'd like definitely to talk about the patient experience and the provider experience. But before we get to that, let, let's let's follow the dollar here. Who's paying for Noom? You know, who's installing this dashboard in the clinician setting and making sure that patients get it? Who's who, who is the underbelly of, of, of that action? That's a good question. And one we're still, I will say, early in our deployment. So we have pilots that are underway with payer organizations. So large insurance companies that have user bases that they need to keep healthy and or want to attract new users into their systems. So for them, this is a product that can accomplish both of those things. So they are hiring you for these these pilots and effectively working to make sure that the providers within their organizations have the dashboard at their disposal and the patients who those providers serve have access to the application portion of your platform. Mm -hmm. The other types of organizations that are engaging with this platform are accountable care organizations that are running maybe telephonic coaching programs right now and are looking for an, a, more, a more efficient and scalable 
method of delivering that continuing coaching follow-up. Got it. All right. So let's talk about the patient um, experience for a sec. So I am a patient being served by one of these ACOs or perhaps a payer, and I have been told to download that from the app store. How do I get this? You are given yeah, instructions to, to download a specific version of Noom from the App Store, and you're provided with an access code that when you download this version of the app called Noom Health from the App Store, you input your access code, and that then unlocks the functionality that you need. Perfect. Could you just describe sort of day one for, for me as a patient? What, what, what happens there? Let's say... The focus of your experience with this coach is going to be around diabetes prevention. You would open the app and you would go through a series of inputs where you're customizing this for you with your, you know, your name, your age, your weight, et cetera. But then you're, when you're completed with that sign up process, then you are d- dropped onto a coach screen. And the coach screen is really your point of departure every single day when you use new. The coach screen is really about focusing you on a small handful of important things for you to do today in your journey. So at the top is a summary of the calories you have consumed today and across the days of the week, which day are we on and have you logged all of your meals today? There's also a calorie, sort of how many calories have you consumed out of your total budget today and uh, easy access to log, log a meal. Beneath that, you have one or two bits of content that are delivered as part of a curriculum. So every day you get information that's tailored to exactly where you are in the overall program. And that, that's really the center of your use of Noom. You come into that coach screen, get a quick glimpse of what you need to do today, and then you can quickly log a meal or digest information that's important for you to receive at this point in your journey. You had mentioned earlier that there have been, that Noom has developed algorithms in order to encourage patient adherence in a way that a pill or a human might not be able to. How exactly does that work? So one very simple way is when you log a meal, any ingredient that you may be logging, you get instant visible feedback on whether this is a good choice, an okay choice, or a poor choice. So it's red if it's something that you could con- should consume in moderation, yellow if it's something that is okay to consume, but maybe don't consume too, too much. And green, if you can really eat as much as you want of that. That feedback is given on an individual ingredient level and also on a total meal level. So when you log a meal, and the average user takes about 40 seconds to log a meal, so it's very, very easy to do, you get a picture immediately of the composition of your meal in in terms of red, yellow, green instantly you can see, was this good? Did I do a good job? Or do I need to pay attention a little bit more to the choices that I'm making right here right now? So that's a very simple way that an algorithm gives you instant feedback. Obviously, as you're logging, all of 
all of what you're logging is being pulled into a database that can have algorithms run on it that it, that sort of surface patterns over a longer term. And those patterns are what are surfaced to the human coaches so that they can really identify trends and underlying stories and narratives that might help you over the long haul in terms of giving you guidance and pulling you through this behavior change process. And what if I simply stop logging? If you stop showing up, the system obviously is very attuned to that as a marker and um, has a multiple has multiple ways of reaching out to you to get you to re-engage. One is on your mobile phone uh, via push notification, via in-app messaging. Two is via email. And the third is via your coach. So the coach is definitely getting red alerts when there is an indicator that you have fallen off and are, are not engaged or are in the process of disengaging and has a protocol for reaching out and re-engaging you. Let's take this from the provider standpoint. So who is manning the dashboard typically on the provider side? Typically, it's a it's a coach that it sort of depends on the the client. Some some clients have their own coaches that are engaging with this platform. Others have us use our our coaches. Oh, I didn't realize that. So you have coaches also that are that might be available. Yes. So if it's a payer, what are they called? Um, care coordinators or, or care navigators, mm-hmm. or are they actually called coaches? They can be called care navigators. They can be called coaches. You know, I think different organizations have different monikers. But fundamentally, what you're talking about is a human being who has been trained in a in a protocol to guide you through a, a behavior change. And how if I were a payer in this particular example, how would I be selecting who would be a good candidate for a new pilot, for example? The pilots that and the, the work that we're doing right now is very much around populations that if they change how they eat, it will make a big difference in their overall health. So a lot of work with pre-diabetic patient populations, a lot of work with folks who are suffering from hypertension, who really, if they change how they're eating day in and day out, will have a dramatic positive impact on their overall level of health. So if I'm a payer, I go through my claims data, for example, I identify anybody who had a diagnosis of pre-diabetic. Is that pretty much the criteria that are used or is it more? Is the pencil tip a little sharper than that? Right now, I would say that's a pretty fair example of how a population would be flagged as being this would be a useful application. It's it's actually kind of an interesting model that the application is is given to these patients, which makes it very different from a consumer-facing app. One of the things which has been written about at great length is the idea that it's the fittest, most engaged patients who are the ones that typically wind up with the apps. So the good get better, but the bad remain bad because they're not the ones that are downloading. Well, it's interesting because so many of the consumer-facing apps are departing from the point of view that information and tracking information is enough to get you to change. And that's actually where Noom has had a really different point of view from the get-go, that 
Yes, for some small sliver of the population, information sort of reflected back to you about what you're doing is enough to get you to consistently follow through over time. But for the vast majority of people who struggle with something like weight, you need the guidance and the motivation. You need information that helps you make better choices and motivation to keep you making those choices consistently day after day, week after week, until you end up in a healthier place. And so Noom from the get-go was built to address that population, not necessarily the quantified self segment of the population who are sort of actively maintaining where they are. Yeah, and it, it really does sound like the population that you're targeting, you really need both the hybrid of the computer to underscore trends and patterns in what the patient is doing, but then also the the human element to provide exactly like we were talking about before. What do you what do you do about this and how do you motivate somebody at, at a human level? Our platform does three essential things. It's it's it delivers a plan, a plan that's goal oriented, that gives you a place to focus and information that you need to know what choices to make day in and day out. It helps you monitor and track how you're doing over time as you work toward that goal. And then it gives you guidance and feedback, I would say reinforcement for the things you're doing well and um, interventions when you need to get back on track. And it does that both on an AI level, so a machine, a machine-based guidance, because some reinforcement should happen in real time immediately. You should know and get high-fived and feel like you're getting patted on the back when you have made a good meal choice overall. And that can be very powerful. But the sort of additional layer of coaching guidance is usually associated with interventions, which humans are sort of uniquely wired to to know how to do well and effectively drive the trend, drive your change, help pull you through the process of making a, a shift to more healthy behaviors day in and day out. One thing I noted that you said there was you had mentioned that the patients are given a goal. What is the goal in the, the pre-diabetes example? Is the, is the goal a quant goal, like lower um, your A1C? Is it a weight goal? If you look at the diabetes prevention program, usually the goal is associated with, an, I think it's a 7% loss in, uh, in your weight. It's usually weight-driven goal. Now, have you noticed in any of the work that you've done that it takes a certain kind of physician to really embrace this whole idea? And what I mean by that is just, you know, referencing back to that Jeff Kahn book that I'm halfway through. So I'm talking as someone who read half a book, which is sometimes dangerous. But but one of the things that he really discusses is that there are a lot of doctors out there who are still of the mentality, what is it called? They're the, the, the sage on a stage. Um, I think somebody said it at one point. And what we really need are doctors who are guides on the side. But if you're one of these doctors who's a you know sage on the stage, it must be very difficult to embrace a technology where you are really needing to be, um, you know, engage the patient in more of a partnership. 
I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I guess if, if I, no matter what kind of doctor I am, and honestly, no matter what kind of patient I am, I'm looking around at, at all of my possible options to help me lose weight. And I'm looking at trade-offs in terms of, is this solution out there likely to the, are the results replicable to me and to the population that I want to impact? How immediately is this solution going to make an impact? How long are the results likely to last? And how risky is this or difficult is this for the patient to undergo? And uh, how expensive is it? No matter if I'm a sage on a stage or a physician that wants to really engage my patient as sort of a partner in this process, I think I think you're fundamentally making those trade-offs when you look at any sort of solution that's going to help a patient eat more healthily uh, over time to impact their health. And I don't know. I, I think that this kind of technology can be applicable no matter the mindset of the physician. Yeah. And I guess it would also depend very much on, well, probably two things. Number one, whether the provider that was using the system or had the opportunity to use the system is thinking in more of a value-based way. In other Mm -hmm. words, if they were paid in in any kind of capitated Mm risk-based fashion, something like this is probably going to be much more appealing. Although if you look at something that is very intervention and and very expensive is like a bariatric surgery for an extreme example, A, it's very risky to the patient. B, the results typically don't last that long. And yes, it's very, it will get some, a patient to lose weight in the short term. But if you're thinking about trade-offs and a new technology platform enables you to basically have more predictable adherence to a behavior change program that eventually makes more sense than bariatric surgery because you don't have the the trade-off in sort of risk to the patient and theoretically you're you're building in habituation so that it lasts. And I could also see that not only would a patient have better outcomes, but I could imagine that there would be a high level of patient satisfaction around something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you're really helping a patient lose weight, which probably any American that you'd get your hands on would has had as their New Year's resolution for the last five years. Yeah. And we've had, you know, many, many millions of consumers succeed with this platform. And one of the things we see again and again and again for so many is that this is a journey back to self-confidence. This is a journey back to uh, who they really are and finally having who they are on the outside match who they are on the inside. And that's as true if you're a patient or if you are just a, an ordinary user. So absolutely, uh, you know, that, that confidence that comes with this kind of change is, is uh, a snowball, has a snowball effect. Do you have any thoughts on how the Noom app might integrate within a larger environment? And I ask this because obviously there are a lot of different platforms and a lot of different opportunities out there. 
for provider organizations and even payers really to to manage patient behavior and help engage with patients. Is there some kind of continuum or, or how do you see your app integrating within a larger technology infrastructure? I don't mean to put you on the hot seat, but is that a fair question? <laughs> um, that is a question that is a little bit beyond my pay grade. Um, I would say, you know, obviously the vision for where Noom is going is to be integrated because the more integrated it is, the more robust a picture of both daily behaviors and point in time indicators that are, are important signposts for how somebody is doing can improve our ability to coach. Where can people learn more about Noom if they're interested? You can learn more about us at Noom.com or NoomHealth.com. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you being on the program today, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure talking with you. Links to everything discussed during the episode today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. I'll tell you the other thing that you will find at RelentlessHealthValue.com, and that is a way to subscribe to the show. If you subscribe, the cool thing is that you don't have to remember to go to the website every week to download the new episode. It will automatically be sent to you in one of two ways. The first way is you can type in your email address in the, there's a, a sidebar on the right hand side of the website where you will find a place that you could type in your email address and then you will get an email once a week with a, a link to download the episode. So that's one way to go. The second is is also in that same right-hand sidebar on the Relentless Health Value website, you will find a large orange dot. If you click on that dot, then you'll get taken to a place where you can click on the subscribe button in iTunes. If you click on that, then each week your iTunes will automatically download the episode, which you could choose to listen to on your computer or on the podcast app on your mobile phone. If you enjoyed this episode, please, I beg you, uh, it would be really, really helpful if you would rate and review the show either on iTunes or interact with us on Twitter. Our uh, Twitter handle is Relentless with only one S, health. So Relentless with only one S, health. I would love to hear from you. We would find it very inspiring over here at the Relentless Health Value podcast. I thank you so much for tuning in and so much for spending the time with us. Thank you.